I just wanted an excuse to say Castanet. What the f*** is going on down there? February 13, 2017, WTFTFW, episode 446, not teen. I'm Evangelist on the internet, and I'm joined by Aaron. I live. Aaron was, was full of dead flu death. Uh, I don't think it days. was flu, just cold, but yeah. Yeah, sometimes, you know, sometimes head colds seem like they are worse experiences. Yeah. Yeah, it was... It was it, such a bad cold that it was like you'd be sitting there watching TV on the couch and think, you know what? I don't feel so bad. And then you would change the orientation of your head and all of the guck that's in your sinuses would very much dislike you disturbing it. Yeah. Isn't that the kind of thing where you, you, you want to find the people who call it the common cold and just give them a slap? Yeah. You're like, that won't that weren't no common cold. Yeah. <laughs> That that weren't no chicken soup and a blanket on my shoulders yeah. kind of experience. Oh, I, I was trying chicken noodle soup. I was trying, <laughs> I was trying Campbell's. I was trying the off-brand stuff. We got some, some, some chunky chicken noodle. Boom. None of it, none of it did magic, man. Do you? Uh, okay, here's here's my secret. When I have something that bad, and uh, it's not perfect, but it works for me surprisingly well. One can of ginger ale. I'm never really a ginger ale fan. I'm not, I don't hate ginger ale by heart. I only drink it when I'm sick. Okay. And I find that for whatever reason, uh, the combination of chemicals and hopefully ginger and carbonation, like really they air out my throat at least. They don't like clear it, but something about it like makes my throat open a little bit and just makes me feel a little bit better. Okay. No, it's bad when I was actually reading Reddit and there was somebody talking about their time in uh, basic training when you go through and I guess there's a portion when uh, they have you in like the gas mask and then you like run around in the gas mask so that you know you can breathe. And then they toss you in a room that has a bunch of um, like tear gas or whatever in it. And they say that everybody up till that point is just sick as a dog because you're getting inoculations and people from all over all coming together and and messing with your sleep schedule and everybody just has a case of of just phlegm and nasty and then the day that you get hit with cs and you understand what that is and then it all comes out of your system and it's the best you could ever breathe mm-hmm. and i was sitting there just just slightly hoping to get tear gassed because man if it works for the army maybe it'll work for me that's how deep and desperate i was getting well speaking of tear gas uh hi tj how's it going <laughs> speaking <laughs> of tear gas Hoping no, that the that link not... just, just happens naturally somehow. No, that that doesn't sound like the death flu. That's what I got during uh during December. That was so pleasant. Just a good time. A nice predictable death flu. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was the one where I was literally so sick I passed out just trying to make it back from the bathroom. Yeah, so do you think okay, so that, that's where I was wondering with with passing out from that kind of sickness, because I've gotten very woozy. I've had fever dreams from uh from fever once, you know, twice, once when I was four, once when I was, uh, 23. Uh, is that, is that more so, do you think the temperature in your head or the pressure in your head that makes you pass uh, out? Ne- neither. It is the fact that I could not physically stand up anymore. There was just nothing left in my body. Oh, all, oh, all the stuff came out. Yeah. You, you emptied the tank. 
I mean, that's probably technically dehydration, I guess. I think, no, I think we're on different terms here. Oh. No, that, that's, he, he's talking just completely out of energy. The body's like, nope. Maybe. Oh, yeah. no, I thought, I meant like the physical uh, vacating of fluids and solids. No, no. no. I, maybe I'm thinking more stomach flu. I've had a yeah. stomach flu. That's been, uh, you know what? Get a comfortable toilet seat. You'll be really happy one day. It'll make everything worth it. Uh, what are we talking about? Transformers. Uh, Transformers don't get sick, do they? There have been Transformer yeah. sicknesses. Yeah. Because yeah. Cosmic Rust count. Scraplets. Yeah, Cosmic Rust, Scraplets. Man, hate Plague. Hate Plague. Yeah, oh, Hate Plague is the fever. Like, you turn bright red is how feverous... Feverous? Feverish you are. Feverous. F-E-V-E-R-O-U-S. Add it to the dictionary. I just... That's, what, that's what Cybertronians call it. <laughs> yeah, they, they catch the feverous fever. Uh... We, we were going into this episode going like, I guess we're going to do new picture picks. And then uh, was it the Transformers Instagram account that saved us today? Yeah. And then pulled it away. Yeah. That's the part I just caught. They took it down. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like, you, surely you got to understand how pointless that is. But maybe they do. And maybe that's why they put it up briefly. I don't know. It was kind of like a little a little preview teaser for Toy Fair. But the packaging CAD model for Trypticon, Generations Trypticon. Uh, went up just one shot, but it's a full shot of his dino mode. Uh, it's the CAD model because uh, the, the greebles are so sharp and beautifully lit uh, to the point of actually becoming a, a conversation some fans have been having. Uh, they're not going to, I mean, I'm not going to say they're not. I really doubt they're going to look that pronounced on the physical toy because he's going to be real plastic. He's not going to catch artificial light. He's going to catch real light. You know, there's going to be a dulling depending on the gray. I wouldn't worry too much about the Greeble if that's worrying you. If you love the Greeble, get get some silver paint or something because you're going to need to touch that up. But uh, this guy is uh, thanks to, um, I think, Seth Sun Seth Sunthay on the boards posted a uh, comparison photo using a shot from uh, from an event uh, last year of Trypticon's leg next to six shot and some Titan Masters. Uh, he has a, a little collage of what Trypticon might look like next to Six Shot, some Titan Masters, and Fortress Maximus. Uh, he's probably going to be around 19 or 20 inches tall. Uh, definitely much thicker than the Fort Max Metroplex skeleton. Uh, he's got little spindly arms. He seems to still have a purple race car on his chest. Uh, he's still got a, a laser coming out of his nose. Um, he looks as G1 turned into a new toy as most anything in Titan's Return right now. Uh... And, you know, you can see a lot of improvements as well. There's obviously an ankle tilt. Um, the, the thing I'm curious about is is the the ratchet click range on the outward hip motion, because you can tell from that solo leg they had on display months ago that it looks like the leg can move out from its mounting point. But if it's anything like Metroplex and Fort Max, that might not do much. That's very helpful, because if it moves out in like 30 degree clicks, then it's like whatever. Um but I think this guy looks really cool, uh, especially if he's a big, thick, 20-inch tall dinosaur. That's kind of up my alley. Um, Aaron, how do you feel about our first look at Trypticon in full? Um, I think it looks, I mean, it is very much G1 Trypticon. Um, I don't think I've seen many people rightfully upset about it. Um, of course, there are people that are, the, the, the Greebles bit... Man, I can understand. Uh, I'm hoping that a bunch of the stuff that's showing up as stickers here are actually tampos. I'm okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to actually just, say, don't get 
to attach yeah. to that oh, notion. I know. I know. <laughs> get, I know. Get ready for because some I crappy foil stickers. <laughs> Fort Max and uh, Metroplex both came with giant sticker sheets. I know. And I, I applied um, the, the 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 Fort Max stickers. Yeah. They they suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, um, I'm gonna film them someday and then get the rep label set. Uh, I I hope that there's more uh, interactivity or just activity in him than in um, Fort Max. Um, like if he ha- see, it's like it's an odd thing because Metroplex and Fort Max are kind of the same thing, mm-hmm. and then Fort Max lost so much just in a couple of different ways that was kind of sad. I hope that Trypticon has more interactive feature stuff along the lines of of Metro. Um, just in, like in, even even if it's just, I mean, it kind of looks like on the side of his foot he has a spot for uh, a headmaster to stand where it has the pegs. You know, if it has that sort of thing and a couple of like control stations for for them to do stuff, that would be what something like this base mode style thing needs to have. I, th- I think that with the base mode focus Titans return has had, I'm, I'm, I'm really anticipating a lot more like fun gimmickry uh, in, in that mode. Like, yeah. you know, since he's being built from the ground up to kind of go with this play pattern. Uh, and, and also like even, even Fort max, as far as like having a robot mode, he kind of took a few lessons from Metroplex and I'm hoping that they can take some more lessons going in on, on Trypticon, like just having a working slight ankle tilt already does a lot for a toy that big. Uh, huh. And uh, I'm, I'm not expecting like superposability here, but as long as the legs can do at least like two majorly different poses that work and the toy won't fall down, mm-hmm. like that's that's mostly what I want. Um, TJ, how, how about you? How are you feeling about this uh, this first look at the trips? It's weird because something in the back of my brain is getting a very strange hit of nostalgia and mm-hmm. not from the fact that it's Trypticon. Because I remember as a kid going over to a friend's house, and I used to play with his Transformers all the time, and then one day I actually noticed one on his nightstand that I thought was Trypticon. Looking back now, it was probably uh, it was probably one of the old Zoids. Oh! Because <laughs> okay. it, like, it, like it looked like a big robot T-Rex, but oh, Zoids are like... That's uh, probably, was it, Godulous? Yeah, that's probably what it was. Yeah. Like, something in my memories just remember this hyper-detailed big T-Rex toy at a friend's house where I played with Transformers. So something in my head for years thought it was Trypticon. You know, it was, it was years later when I got one of my own. They were like, oh, no, he's not nearly as detailed as that. Yeah. And so it, now... Uh, I was just going to say, Trypticon also wasn't super big, right? Like, he's no, not small, he's healthy. But... Uh, yeah, he's... Uh, a little under a foot yeah well, maybe, I'm, maybe not, around a foot tall. I'm not saying he's tiny it's just that like trypticon and metroplex are two toys who greatly benefit from being done as modern like titan figures as far as actually having stature well yeah but no it's it's very strange because it's it's almost like the 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 trypticon that my brain tricked me into thinking i saw is real now yeah he's here uh, <laughs> he's here he looks articulated and he's got a deluxe strapped to his chest i want to know more about the, the thing on his chest like that thing looks kind of fun if like well, I, i'm seeing a wheel so i'm assuming it, it you know maybe expands out a little bit well it, well it's full tilt 
Yeah. It's like in G1 Trypticon, his little minion guy stuck to his chest like that. But this one looks... This, like, I really like the scamper that came with Metroplex. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this looks like a fuller figure. Like, this looks like a thicker chunk of vehicle stuck on his chest than... Because Scamper was a Legends toy, for all intents and purposes. Yeah. Uh, this looks a little bit bigger. Um, kind of. Uh, that plays a little bit. I think Full Tilt was a little bit bigger than Scamper was. Yeah. Do you, do you guys think that if that is, a, like, a fully transformable Full Tilt, do you think he's got a Headmaster to, to tie him into the gimmick? Because I, I, I get the feeling Trypticon himself is not doing any Headmaster games. <laughs> I, w- I would hope so. Like, I don't see any obvious, like, I think if Trypticon was going to be a headmaster, we'd see more obvious hinges on, like, around his face. And there's certainly a lot of detail on his face, but it doesn't look like it, it, you know, transforms into anything. You can swap heads with Fort Max. Sure! Big robot T-Rex head. (laughs) Put a little man head on top of this thing and just make it look really, really terrible. (laughs) Um, I, I'm actually, I, I didn't think that much about Full Tilt. Now I'm getting more excited. Because, like, you know, I'm not to say I'm not excited about Trypticon, but a lot about him is sort of a known quantity in that, you know, he's, his two modes are probably going to look like what you expect. And the main thing is how, how poseable is the T-Rex? How many gimmicks does the base have? Full Tilt feels like an extra little bonus package literally strapped to his chest that could be a lot of fun. Especially when you think about Trypticon, just a big plastic T-Rex is not going to give you the same like level of articulation or posability as, say, you know, a standard action figure. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's why I said before, like, all I want is for him to be able to look like he's in two very different poses. Yeah. Um, and then, so you I, know, one of those poses will be left foot forward or right foot forward. <laughs> yeah, that was always my concern with them doing Trypticon at such a size. Is, like, he has to get some extra play value from somewhere at that cost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, it's real cute that he has the walking gimmick purple forks on the insides of his feet <laughs> because they're now part of his identity. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh Like, I like that they're there, but you can see that they don't intersect like they did on the old toy. Um, I almost wonder if they're going to be something you can fold away, like like a sort of design Easter egg. Like, you could, like, they're for base mode, but you can leave them out in this mode if you really want. Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to Toy Fair. Uh, I think next weekend is when we're going to have all the news ready to go. Um, and Trypticon's probably the biggest news to look forward to out of that, like as far as a big toy, big character, lots of unknowns. Oh, but we're going to find out who the new Prime is. I, well, yeah. so I don't, I don't care about that so much as I do care about what does that mean in the long run? <laughs> What is what makes that not a Hall of Fame nomination is what I want to know, because I, I, I've been kind of with the camp of people who are who are thinking that it's not really going to inform the toy line stuff all that much. Because um, like you guys, you guys, like TJ, you've been saying and I, I agree with, you know, those characters they're showing a majority of them are probably characters who all are, have toys coming up. Um, so it's, it's not like we're voting for who gets a toy next this time. Um. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this Trypticon. I don't know. Any other thoughts on him you guys want to drop? I really like his uh his little forehead hatch. That's a, one of my favorite Trypticon things. That and his silly jetpack. Covering the nose laser. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the, just the that really like the, the backpack of two buildings. Yeah. I'm <clears throat> I'm kind of wondering what's going on with his core. Yeah, because you can see where the the arms are going to flip up. You can see where the legs are going to flip up. 
you'd assume that at some point in there that's going to be relatively level for base mode stuff yeah. but it looks like there could be a whole lot going on with his core and i hope that it's just not hollow i mean i, I i'm expecting that <sighs> yeah, the core will be more hollow than on like you know a dedicated like I, I think it's going to be hollow to a degree but i suspect that there's going to be a lot of stacked panel type stuff going on okay uh, not not like thin panels I, I guess stack panels the wrong way to put it but i think there's probably a lot of like stuff from the city mode all just kind of moves into there mm-hmm. um and then and then you know comes out afterwards it's interesting to me because there's a bunch of hinges and areas that were never part of his original transformation that yeah that's what i want to know about like does he have a third mode or like there there was a fun rumor i saw kicking around twitter or not even rumor it's like idea like what if he has a robot mode like that would be kind of neat that'd be weird and then uh it was it, he, it, he does have like the city mode and the like the battle sh- battle station mode like there there is oh, like yeah, a third yeah. mode yeah. in the Trypticon. i always forget that those two modes are separate <laughs> It, so I, I've never actually owned a Trypticon still. Like, what is the difference between those two modes? Well, one, well, the the city mode is basically him, like, flayed open like you're gutting a fish. And, like, yeah, the legs, like, split open to those weird, like, connected discs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, what, and ba- basi- basically what you're doing is just, like, unhinging him to be flat. Yeah. So so what's, what's the what's the other mode do um the other well the other mode's more compact together okay it's it's basically like a big god i I almost want to say tank because it's got the big laser cannon on the top i'm not sure how to really define it it is is one of those like it's a rolling thing so it's some vehicle just not a discernible type I wonder if maybe that's what some of the hinges are for to give that thing maybe more identity or maybe that that's where some of the wheels might come out of. Well, hmm. I mean, we're only seeing one side of him, so obviously he might just be covered on <laughs> his whole backside might just be a huge wall of wheels. I don't know. Uh, I know. I feel like if they're going to try for more identity in any of these things and they had the chance with Fort Max's flight mode. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, so I agree with you, but then like it's so hard. Formax is so hard to talk about because like I agree with that, but then basing him off Metroplex means, you know, there's only so much that skeleton can do. Mm-hmm. So it's so weird. Like that's that's also why I'm kind of excited about Trypticon because he's gonna like. There's no way there's any legacy of that Metroplex design in him, unless there is. In which case, you know, I'm gonna applaud a little bit because that's crazy. <laughs> Like, what if his torso is an upside-down Metroplex torso that's been heavily modified? <laughs> that, that'd that just be the end of it, I think. Just like, I, I don't know. At this, at this point. What's watch. a retool? I don't even know anymore. <clears throat> uh, I just wanted to throw, give credit where it's due. Um, Ichabod on Twitter was, was musing uh, that if he did have a robot mode, then there's your easy reuse of this Titan toy. Is just do a giant Grimlock. Because why, oh, why not? Because why not? And I agreed. So I was like, yeah, you could call him Omega Lock and then throw in your Cybertron reference. That's for, that, that was from Cybertron, right? That's what they called it, the Omega Lock. Oh, the no, the Omega Key. Okay, yeah, because oh, yeah, the Omega Lock was also in Prime. But for some reason, I kept thinking the Omega Lock was in, in Cybertron. It no, is. Okay, it is. I, I thought it was the key. The, the no, four... the, keys were, the keys were Cyber Planet keys. Right. The Omega the, Lock the four, was the thing. The... You stick four in and oh, then you yeah, shove yeah, it yeah, into... Yeah. 
okay. Primus. Yeah. Man, our MacGuffin names. <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, I think that I, I don't know the actual schedule for Toy Fair, but, you know, by the time we podcast again, we'll probably have a whole lot to talk about. Um, even if all they show is Trypticon, ideally they'll show all his modes so we can we can delve into that a bit. Uh, in the meantime, anything else you guys want to throw in about Trypticon? Or shall we go into our little list of listener questions? I think we're good. Yeah. Okay. Alrighty. Uh, I lined up four questions for us because I figure, you know, pre-Toy Fair, now is a time as good as any to, to kind of chip away at the mountain because uh, it's become a mountain again. Good. Because uh, you, you guys are all lovely, keeping me busy. Although, I got to say, if you want to send in a question, send me a PM on TFW2005. That is the easiest way because I've been getting no, them. No, people are supposed to stumble into random ways to give it to you. I've been getting them as replies and threads. I've been getting them as profile posts. I've been getting them on Facebook I've been getting them. You, you get slipped an envelope while you're walking down the street. And it's like, is this the way you do some questions? Here you go. And I'm, then walks away. I'm not, I'm not like angry about it. It's fine. I've got them all recorded down, but I, like, if I'm going to forget a question, it's going to, it's going to be one of the ones that isn't a PM. Cause sometimes Please. I'll see that stuff when I'm not at home. Like Aaron, wait till he finds out that that weird clicking in his pipe is, is a telegraph coming in. <laughs> yeah. Someone someone sent me a telegraph like three years ago. <laughs> what do you it's guys a long think? question. It's just now finishing. With, with Age of Extinction being the first film not directed by Michael Bay, what do you guys think is going to happen with the live action movie <laughs> franchise? Uh, we just now figure it out. We get a translator in there, and the only thing he gets in time is click. But by, by the way, we we uh, we did briefly have a discussion about what could have been new picture picks, and the only thing that came up was that they're doing a gray slash. So I'll throw it in there. It's very. That's very exciting. He's going to come in a box. Anyway, our first listener question is from Guard Convoy, who says, Hello, Guard Convoy here with a listener question for the Even team. Uh, and then he gets two questions. You guys always do this. Uh, number one, what is the one character that will make you buy a toy uh, just because it's that character? Mine is Ricochet or Stepper because he was my first G1 toy that I owned. So uh, is there anyone that that's like a character completion thing? This is this can be a real quick answer, because I think we all we, we have our, our little things we do here. And they're like, TJ, is there a character mm-hmm. whose toys you just buy? Um, it's going to be either. Well, I was going to say I was going to say Blitzwing, mm-hmm. but I'm actually going to go Trailbreaker because Trailbreaker is the one where it's like, even if I'm not that into the toy, I'm still getting it because it's Trailbreaker. All right. And, and I mean, it, it usually with these with these uh, kind of character collections, I find that they often will be someone who doesn't have a billion toys coming out as well. Like <laughs> that helps. It, it'll all, like you know someone someone will be a collector of a character until, for instance, a live action movie franchise begins <laughs> and that character is in it. Then there's a bajillion toys coming out named after the character. Yeah, hey, Bumblebee collectors, 2018. Yeah. Uh, Starscream collectors as well. I distinctly recall. Um, yeah, but Starscream doesn't have his own movie coming out. This is true. Well, I mean, who's? I mean, I know I know two Bumblebee collectors, but they. I think that I think that those two Bumblebee collectors have a certain modicum of class about how they conduct their Bumblebee business, or their BBB as we call it. Uh, Aaron, is there a character uh, who you purchase just because it's him or her? Um, I don't think so. Uh. Like, I do like Prowl, you know, the more I think about it, that is a, a, a character that's kind of become mine-ish, but, 
Like if there's something out of a line that I'm still going to try and buy and pick up, frequently it'll be something like Prime because that should be the thing that is like if you're going to make a toy for your line, odds are Optimus Prime is going to be a good example of that line. Like if you want some of the shorthand of it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Although what's weird is like I was just I was thinking about this the other day. The Optimus Primes and Titans Return are like very to me anyway, and I know this is not totally going to be agreed with, but like I find both Optimus Primes are a little tertiary to the line because like one yeah. of them, one of them is a, is a heavy retool of a Combiner Wars leader. The other one is more Octaney than Optimusy. Yeah. So it's weird. It's like this is this is the year where he kind of, course, you know, there's two toys of him out in the line, so whatever. But he also kind of I found he kind of stepped back a little bit this year. <laughs> um. That said, I understand that that Power Master Prime is Power Master Prime first and foremost for a lot of people. So I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. Just that I I always see Ultra Magnus first when I look at him. Um, as for me, I was going to say like Blitzwing is probably one of mine, um, and uh, and also Shockwave, which are you know two very predictable ones. But I I just tend to really like toys of those characters, uh, and I, I've enjoyed Blitzwings in general. Um, even uh, third-party Blitzwings, I picked up Gavalt because he just looked like video game Blitzwing from Devastation. And he's a big, chunky, solid toy. Uh, I quite like him. I-, I guess Rekgar would be another one for me because he was my first Transformer. And I- I've tried to keep up with the Rekgars as they come out. Um, there's only one Rekgar I know I've skipped, and that was the DX9 one because that was basically their Psykill with a different head. And I I, I just didn't see the Rekgar in him as much. Um... But question number two from Guard Convoy is, what is the one repaint you wish Asbro would do? Uh, mine is Beast Wars Buzzsaw from Generations Waspinator, and I'm still super salty Hasbro never did it because I want a modern toy of my first Transformer. Thank you for all you guys do because the podcast keeps me sane at work. P.S. Aaron, helicopters are not real. You need to seek some professional help. Click. So, uh, Aaron, um, number one, are you salty? No. Helicopters keep a roof over my head and food on my table. They're as real as I need to be. And I'll I, see why everybody has an issue with this. You see, I like this because you're, you know, you're not, you're not standing up for the crazy idea. The helicopters are real. You just, you're using the idea of the helicopter for what, you know, what you need to use it for. You're not, you're not arguing crazy points. Uh, also, Aaron, what's a repaint that you wish Hasbro would do? Oh, man, I don't know like off the drop like this I'm sitting looking across stuff that I've gotten recently to see if there's anything that queues up and there really isn't uh, like no no uh, idea you thought was uh, like an obvious <clears throat> one that kind of never happened not really All right. I don't know lingering cold maybe I'll call lingering cold is the repaint you want the one with yeah. the, the green spatter paint all yeah. over it no I mean there are some interesting ideas that had come out of the out of the club, but then that seems like it's tacked onto the club and then would frequently be beaten to death um, because it's the club. Um, I wish that like Scourge showed up more often. The the Nemesis Convoy Scourge showed up more often in things, mm-hmm. but once that kind of got it attached to the club, it kind of soured, you know. I think that uh, I think we're back to a, to an era of scourges because like we have a toy that's ready to be repainted into one in that Titans Return like Voyager Optimus. Right. 
And the way the Unite Warriors comic ended seemed to just leave the door wide open for a Nemesis repaint of that toy to show up sometime later on in, in whatever comic they do for their uh, their Legends stuff. Right. But um, TJ, what about you? Is there a repaint that uh, of a modern toy or any toy that you just wish happened that never did? There are two that came to mind. This kind of took me back to my days of like taking all the instruction sheets and just playing around, basically playing color book with the with all the PDFs Hasbro would post. Mm-hmm. Um, the the main one that comes to mind is uh, Cybertron Starscream, the Voyager class one, done up in Skywarp color. So I love the look of that toy, and I would have I would have paid any price if that had actually made it into Skywarp. Did they do a Thundercracker of that one? No. Okay. No, they did the standard Starscream from Cybertron. They did the the weird Toys R Us one that was kind of in thrust colors. Oh, yeah, the, like, brownie red one. Yeah, which is a really cool look, too. Oh, you know what I'm thinking of? The Legends one. Oh, the Legends one. Oh, that went around. That's the only their version of the mold that did have Skywarp colors, and it looks great. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking yeah. of, because when you said that, I was like, I could have sworn I've seen that. But yeah, it was the, the Legends one got repainted as, like, everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah that, even, that even went as, like, Universe Ramjet. Yeah. Like, every Starscream. I think I have the Thundercracker paint, uh, paint app version of that one somewhere. No, the other one came to the other one that came to mind because I remember doing it one day and going, "Wow, that is that actually looks really really cool." Is I wanted I wanted to see, and it makes no sense unless there was, like Aaron said, a scourge or a or a, a Nemesis Prime more often. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually found I found out once upon a time that Energon Wing Saber, the Prime Combiner, uh. Actually makes a really good War Within style Fallen. No, oh, I could totally see that, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got the boxy shapes, he's got the head shape. Yeah, and he's got all the sunken details you can paint the bright orange into. Yeah, oh, that totally works. Yeah. Yeah, like, there's there's nowhere for that to exist, but it totally makes sense. Oh, uh, yeah. It's just like like <laughs> I said, it's like, if there was like a nemesis you could make to like have a make sense, like this, this is who he'd combine with type thing. Yeah. But that's one of your like year of the whatever gigantic size box exclusives that you'd have to do oh you know what the um the mini plot kit that grand scourge comes from they did not a mini plot kit but a different like small yeah, scale I, thing i've got that yeah oh I yeah it's a junky little it's just a junky ass little model yeah and it, <laughs> it came with it came with a little uh pellet shooter yeah they they did a they did a, a wing saver thing to go with him uh in like it was like a toxic puke green and did they make a wing did they not not uh not to go with that kit but there was an even smaller i think toy that was painted like grand scourge that they did they had a wing saber that came with them like wing saber parts at least uh it's on it's on the wiki somewhere i looked at it last year when i was reading up on grand scourge um but it it was a very dinky toy and and i don't think that the wing saber even had a name he was just parts but oh, yeah <laughs> uh someone someone who, who's listening who has this stuff like ready at hand i'm sure can like just drop it in the thread immediately but uh as as for me my big one is in in 2013 this excellent deluxe you could say it was a tfw staff pick deluxe of the year called orion pax came out and went on to never be repainted outside of convention and club exclusives uh there there was a wall 
of great repaint ideas for this toy. Uh, Cup, uh, Minimus Ambus, uh, I think there was even a Thunderclash. I would have taken any of them. Uh, any good repaint of that toy, I would have taken. Uh, just as long as it wasn't an Optimus Prime or a Convoy. I, I would have, I, I was into any idea for this thing. And, uh, and the club versions certainly look neat, but they're all based on, like, Optimuses and Convoys. And, uh, and like, to me, that is the most boring place to take that mold because it started its life as an Orion Pax. And I'm like, the most obvious thing to do is to give it a face-plated head, so don't! But then, you know, that's what happened. Um, and I always wish there were more clever, non-Convoy Prime-related repaints of that toy. And I think that that time has come and gone now. Um... So thanks for your question, or questions, guard convoy. Our next set of questions, this is one question, this is a, long, a, longly, a longly written question, that's English, uh, comes from Triceradon, who says, Hello esteemed members of the wonderful Transformers aficionados at TFW, I present a listener question. My apologies, it's a bit long-winded. So I'll summarize it a bit because I read through this. Um, his main question has to do with Devastator. Um... And uh, it, it's it, in his collection, he doesn't really have a Devastator on his classic shelf because uh, he just finds the Titan one sort of clashed aesthetically with Combiner Wars. And he goes on to wonder if Devastator and the Constructicons, as a result, have suffered from not only being a non-Scramble City Combiner, but also having a unified color scheme and none of them ever really being able to escape from one another as far as having an identity, whereas there are breakout members of other teams like, you know, your Swindles, as the, the most easy example, being a, a character people think of outside of the Combaticons, um, and, you know, not only with them, but as a standalone character, whereas the Constructicons are so uniform, it seems to make it nigh impossible. So he says, in short, do you think Devastator's fame as the archetypal original combiner has inadvertently placed him in a state of creative inflexibility, resistant to reinvention or reinterpretation in a way that standalone characters or more Scramble City type combiners aren't? And I should mention, he does bring up uh, the movie Constructicons as the notable exception, uh, even though the whole experience of them ended up kind of being a mess for the most part. Um, they are certainly an exception to the rule. But uh, personally, I, I kind of, I, I think he, he is on the right track. I think Devastator is rather typecast as the original combiner and thus the one who always has to look the same. And I think it bled backwards in a way where when we had, you know, the, the three uh, Constructicon style Energon combiner toys, the first, the first thing that happened with them was to be repainted to look more like Devastator, and then they they basically were the classics Constructicons for a while, and I think they got repainted, like, again, even more Constructiconically. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I, th I think that, you know, whereas one might say that's an example of breaking from the mold, I'm like, no, I think that was the reverse happening, where Devastator, like, reached backwards from his legacy, and like, I'm gonna make you look more like me until they make a me. Or even the movie Devastator... The Legends gift set comes out and then comes out again in green and purple because you got to do that because that's Devastator. Uh, I mean, I like the Devastator color scheme, so I don't think any of these are bad things, but I do uh, find myself agreeing with this notion. Um, but Aaron, what do you think about about this this whole idea? Um, I can kind of see that since that is the, uh, the touch point. It has to be Devastator. Um... I mean, that's frequently a thing that we see in other discussions about toys, that it's that's not my insert thing here. Um, we've gotten, I think we've gotten other spins on construction combiners, but definitely not on 
like Devastator. And then how many of them eventually at least get repainted to look right. like him, right? Right, and then it gets like repainted to be close. So, um, and I mean, with the Titans Return, that was that was pretty much G one Devastator in modern with a modern take, but with compromises because modern toy design and lines and the things. So. Yeah, and, and then the Unite Warriors one like eradicated most <clears throat> of those compromises, right? Which was. Pretty cool um, as a Devastator fan. It was really cool for me to see. But like, even the the Power Core Combiner uh, set got redone when it was Build Master in the Japanese version of Power Core Combiners. Yeah, they you know, hey, let's make him look mm-hmm. even more like Devastator. It's like, all right, like <laughs> there are only ever green and purple construction vehicles, right? Um, um, and I think it's a thing that like they could do construction vehicles again. I mean, you know, Build King or Build King, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, all construction vehicles, and that was neat. But man, if that was to come out again in the U.S., you know that there'd have to be some devastatory version because that's the way that it has to be. Was there not a a, a purple and green repaint of Bill? There King? was there a absolutely one. was. Was yeah. there a purple and yellow? Okay, yeah, it, yeah. It was like the last thing that the original Universe toy line did. Man, okay. I knew it. Yeah, it's like it just whatever happens, Devastator's shadow reaches across mm-hmm. time and goes like, "Hey, you're doing great. You're the wrong colors." Yeah. <laughs> those those that weird Voyager wave where they came where like the third one in the pack was like uh Repugnus and Hellscream in the same box. Oh, I can't even remember. It was a it was way back. It was a weird weird line. Um then you also had like uh the Micromasters that came out. Yeah, and and that immediately was done. Well, they they even I think they they went out of their way to make all of those more referential, um, mm-hmm. because it was like, hey, here's Superion, here's Devastator. Um, well, it, Superion, they called it Superion, but they didn't change them a bit from the Japanese release. Oh, I did not know that. I I, I never okay. really looked into it that much. Because the Devastator one was definitely repainted, right? No, it's like they didn't even bother painting the fire truck blue. No, nope, same. It's just red. Yeah. But the construction ones, I I because I have that set. They they did those guys in green and purple, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, pretty much anything. Like if it's a construction vehicle and combines, it got to green and purple. And I I I totally think that this the nature of the toy the Devastator is 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 very much behind that. Um, because I think the way that the the reason the Scramble City designs all get to have a bit more play is because like for a lot of them with notable exceptions like swindle it's kind of like you have the torso robot who's somewhat iconic but then you have the four limbs who often you know if you're a casual fan it's very easy to mix up all their names on some of those teams mm-hmm. like you know the, the the aerial bots if you're not really big into the aerial bots they're, they're four planes right you know fire flight's the red one and from that point onwards it's like i don't know uh so i think that that totally contributes to there being like just less flexibility with doing a devastator and it it certainly doesn't help that the biggest deviation of an official devastator was the movie one which is mired in a lot of the weakest stuff about the movies both in toy and film Mm -hmm. um like he he is a part of a movie where he should have been a climax but then the whole movie starts to ignore him and then he gets shot by a rail gun from great distance uh his toys the Constructicons looked like they were going to combine, but then they didn't. But then the Legends ones did. And then the big Devastator just had vehicle modes and it was all somewhat disappointing. So Devastator totally has. Yeah. There's 
two ways to look at it, though. I mean, we do know that that is like the identity of Devastator is what's kept him from having more toys than he has gotten. Like Hasbro has said in the past, well, we can't do that because we could only do like one per wave and it'd take us a year to get all six out. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I can I can understand that. I can see that. Fine. And the only time I think I've ever seen any of them break out from the rest of the pack is animated. Yeah, because they didn't have all six right away. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they only used two and then they made up a third. Mm -hmm. At the same time, though, there's also there's also something special about that to me, because all the other combiners out there outside of uh, things like uh, what Road Caesar. Who am I thinking of? Uh, you thinking of Raiden? No, 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 not no, not not Raiden. I mean, uh, no, no. I want to say from Victory, the three cars. Oh, that's Road Caesar. Yeah, yeah, Road Caesar. I like. I, I think I've got that name right. Yeah, that's that's him. Yeah, like outside of that, everything kind of follows that classic combiner, like what we know is like the Scramble City stylings, mm -hmm. and part of that just makes toyetic sense. We saw in Combiner Wars where that's just versatile. Mm -hmm. You know, that just it makes it so much easier to just do them. But there's something special about Devastator being the fact that they are all one, is that the identity is the team. You know? Because uh -huh. you don't always get that. Because even Dinobots, like, well, you get Grimlock all the time. Where are the others? Maybe once in a while you get a swoop. Maybe yeah. on a very rare occasion you get a slag. Oh, I mean a sludge. Or, I mean, a slug or whatever we're calling him that day. Yeah, like the, the Constructicons have this, 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 uh, what am I, what's the word I'm looking for? They, they kind of just have a, a presence about them that, uh, when they show, you know, when they're used in a toy line, when, when they're, they're used in fiction and stuff, it's kind of like, oh, it's the Constructicons. They turn into Devastator. And, uh, like I said before, when we started this question, like, I don't actually mind that all that much. Uh, but I, I would never disagree that it, it completely seems to have limited the delivery of, of like, you know, a devastator um, elsewhere. Like, I, I think it's even tell it's 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 kind of like it's third party toys that were able to have a six person Constructicon team that aesthetically broke away in many ways. Uh, like, you know, that original Hercules team took a few liberties and the, the generation toy gravity builder team takes tons of liberties and I really like, and it makes me excited about them, uh, more than I thought I could be excited about a devastator in, in the current era. But that's also like, you know, boutique niche toys that are coming out, you know, one every month or three, uh, for around a hundred bucks each. And, you know, in a main line, it's like, yeah, he's got to be a gift set or, or bust right now. It's it's an interesting thing to think about. Um, I also was thinking about how the Raiden Trainbot Combiner is is kind of Devastator's counterpart in a great many ways. And if he ever had come out in America, I always wonder if things might have turned out differently as far as like who the first Combiner was, or like would 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 Devastator be the top of the heap, or would it always be like remember Devastator and Raiden? The big rivalry between those two teams of Combiner robots who came together the same way. I don't know. I always wonder if things would have been different if, if those train bots came out over here. Um, I think that was it for the question. Anything else you guys want to throw in about that? Or no. shall we continue on to Matt White 924's question? This is a shorter one. Uh, he says, hey, Evangelist and the podcast crew, I hope this is the right place to send a question. It is. I don't actually remember where you sent it, but I, I'm assuming you PM'd it to me. Uh, 
I was comparing Super Jinrai and Ultra Magnus and realized they only share three or four parts. Wheels, trailer hitch, part of the inner shoulder. Even parts that on first glance look the same are different when you look closer. So it made me think, at what point does a retool simply become a new mold? With the amount of retooling and parts reuse across molds going on in Titan's Return, does the old view of retools even still apply? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Anyway, thanks for the podcast. It gives my Zune something to do. Click. Uh, I just want to give props for being uh, one of the Zune user. Um, that always makes me happy. And I think we've had this conversation in past during Combiner Wars. So now that we're kind of in the postgame of that and we've got stuff like Super Junrai, I thought it'd be interesting to go into again. Um, like, do you guys do you guys think at this point, like when you say that's a retool, like is, you feel like there should be a, another term for things that take it to the point of being a near reshell? Or do we just do we have to append a whole lot when we say something's a retool now? The interesting thing is when you're talking about like with this example that we've been cited here, Ultra Magnus to Super Jinrai, you have that point in between that is Power Master Prime because Ultra Magnus was retooled into Power Master Prime and you can definitely see the similarities there. And then Power Master Prime is retooled into Super Jinrai to get us even farther away. Right. So he's very different from the original mold. And we've had situations like that before, but you're still dealing with a retool. It's just not a direct retool of the original mold. But it's such a sequential retool, and there's there's so few parts now. It's it's like when someone says Super Jinrai is a retool of Ultra Magnus, it's like, you're correct, but there's so little remaining. Like, uh, what's another good example? Like, um, I don't know, Scourge and, uh, Scourge and Highbrow, where they are retools of each other, but there's so little remaining of each other in those right. toys. Like... Like, I don't even know, man. Like, like they are retools, but it's because I've always been a big fan of, of something to that level. It's less a retool and more just like a shared skeleton. Yeah. To me. And mm-hmm. that's why I like the, the like reskinning. Yeah. That I mean, really does call to the fact that, man, it's it's the the bones are the same, but it's not like it, it's a step beyond just like, oh, we change the outline of the hood to yeah. make it more hot roddy or we you know we change the the side panels to wings to turn blur into a, a flying thing yeah or, yeah because it's like it's like there's one thing where it's a retool new, new heads and new alt mode parts but then it's like what about when like the arms have just been removed and replaced with completely different arms right like i and dimensionally, they don't s- seem to fall quite under the same rules as, well, they just changed each part on the arm. And it's like, but these 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 feel like they're almost engineered differently. Right. And that's that's what I what I've really been digging of the last couple of generations of toys where they've been, you know, pre-planning much further down the down the line of like, OK, we can make something that has a base skeleton that then we can do these other three or four things too in order to really extend it other than just like i don't know let's paint him yellow and call him hotshot yeah like i i i totally am in the camp of people who are like i think we eventually need to start not coming up with a term but at least you know a little a little group of terms that 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 specifically mean you know what what i think people say uh nowadays is stuff like the reskin shared skeleton reshell mm-hmm. like i think that term needs to be really just taken at face value and because i sometimes still see it where people are like oh no no that's called that's called a retool and it's like it's like dog i think we know what a retool is but i think we're trying to make the conversation be a bit more clear yeah 
because because things have changed a little because uh-huh. there are still old style retools as well right right so mm-hmm. i think i think i think new terminology is completely uh suitable for for this case yeah i'm still trying to find that something good for like an upscale that doesn't actually upscale the original yeah like the um, yeah that's another whole other can of worms right like the uh-huh. the those beast hunter toys where it's like they're technically upscaled cyberverse toys uh-huh except every part is different and every part added... is different and clearly a completely new mold was used yeah and they, yeah, they've right. added ratchet joints some some things that are ball joints are now hinges so it's like it's like i like upscale certainly describes what it is but since there are also knockoffs that you know from going back into the 90s that take a small toy and just blow it up dimensionally like using the same term for those two things to me becomes a very muddy deal yeah right? <laughs> especially uh, yeah especially on some where it's like uh like the cyber series figures they did for generations oh yeah where, yeah, uh, totally. where they yeah, actually yeah. add articulation and they add a lot more detail or when the detail isn't even the same as the original at all yeah, or or you know the classic example of uh, Energon Starscream and G two Smoke Jumper, right? Oh yeah, where where it's like people are like it's not a retool, you know, dummy, and it's like well yeah, it's not a retool, but to tell me that that is a completely separate toy and that's how it's defined and there's nothing similar, it's like you uh, you know the 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 phrase shared design skeleton, I always thought was was so appropriate to the to that situation because it's like it's like listen. They transform so identically right down to if you drew on graph paper how they work, right? Like, right. I don't think it's unreasonable for someone to want to describe that in, in a simpler term than saying, well, they're different toys that happen to be quite identical, but they're also not retools because there's no shared parts between the two. It's like, you know, <laughs> then come up with a term for it. <laughs> uh, I forgot about those. Uh, you just said it. Cyber Battalion? uh cyber battalion were the small ones cyber commander were the big ones right right the ones that came out everywhere except here or did they eventually come out in north america uh a few of them are in universal studios i think uh oh! stars like starscream and the two bumblebees maybe optimus I, okay i haven't actually been there I still have never messed with any of those because they, they, I know they're around, but they're always like those are exactly the kind of toy where it's a real shame that you kind of have to go online to get them. Because <laughs> I'm like, those are exactly the kind of toy I'd like to I'd love to just pick up in person on a whim. But when I have to think about it and push buttons and I'm like, well, I don't really want this. But uh, yeah, I, I anyway, that that I think we've answered the question, but there, there's uh there is totally uh, a wider gradient about this stuff than just simply is it a retool or a redeco or a different toy. Like there's a huge gradient in there. And then if you really want to get deep into it, you look into stuff like like Wei Jang, who have made quite a, a small career of taking Age of Extinction toys, resizing them and then improving their construction. Or in the case of their Hound and Optimus, resizing them and then straight up taking what was a scratch-built customization idea and mass-producing it as a replacement to components of the original engineering. And it's, like, the closest thing I can think, because, you know, obviously, at at its core, it's like, well, that's a knockoff. And it's like, sure. But the nature of all the engineering in this thing, to just to say this is the same as a 
an upscaled legion toy done in neon plastic like that that's, right. that's ridiculous it's like no these are in the and realm of b- both being similar they are extremely different and that's where i wish we had more and and better varied language to how the the copies of official stuff happens because there is the you know the perpetual ten dollars at the dollar store you know copies of g1 combiners that are soapy plastic or disintegrate in your hand yeah versus where somebody like puts real effort into making a thing and making a toy that like if if you didn't know otherwise this would be a real transformers transformer so i don't know and it's it's such a gradient because you've got those soapy knockoffs you've got the kooky neon upscaled or downsized ones right you've got your classic third-party toy that is for the most part a completely original piece of engineering using uh someone else's visual ip you've got like you know the way jang evasion prime which is it's evasion prime upscaled and modified and done with different materials and manufactured to a very high level of of production standard for something that you that you know in that world you might expect all the joints to be real janky they aren't the the boxes are signed by the designer of the scratch built modifications that were mass produced on top of it it's right. like it's like i find that when you try to just crush that all into the definition of yeah it's all a knockoff of transformers it's like it's a combination of of being a little obtuse and 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 being tremendously diminishing uh, it, it always comes off to me like it's it's more about diminishing it for not being official than actually wanting to discuss the the physical item, and uh-huh. uh, it, it it makes for frustrating conversations because it's it's like that thing I've talked about before where I'm, it's like half this conversation seems to be people people who want to champion the morals of their toys on each other whether they want to fight back against Hasbro or you know fight those evil IP pirates and it's. It muddies all of this this really interesting talk one could have about how these things are produced. But I, I suppose it helps that, like, I have no stake in the sanctity of an IP. Uh, so but it also means I don't I don't quite understand the same perspective as people who, I guess, do uh, or vice versa. Uh, people who really want to see the big evil Hasbro get taken down a peg. And it's like, I I, I don't think that what you think is happening is happening. <laughs> Uh, I think certainly official toys uh, and the people who work on them are aware of unofficial toys, but this this whole thing that it's some kind of like war between the two. Yeah, I'm sure there's a competition, but the way that it is romanticized, I think, is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and that's always one of those things where when people start getting really fired up about it, there's a part of me that's just like, you know, Hasbro isn't going to give you something. Yeah, they will for they your. Will. For your standing behind them, nor likely will the the third party copy or knockoff guys either. They're not going to go, hey, hey, that uh, you know, Gringo eighty seven on the internet, man, he really stood up for us. He, t- he took we, that. Uh, he took big toy down a peg. Yeah, we need replied. to uh, to hook him up with some of our our sample product and and tell him that. Uh, if it weren't for him, we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't be doing this. 
Yeah, like the last thing I'm gonna, I'm gonna do in this current day and age is tell you to be, to just talk about how dumb both extremes of an argument are. But like, yeah, it, 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 it when it comes to to the discussion of unofficial toys, like it's it, it just so often seems like it, it it has these weird allusions to other kinds of conversation where you're like, I think that you're more interested in telling people they're wrong for buying a type of toy than than you are being um attempting to be helpful about the terminology we all use. Right. Well, plus, isn't there like the XKCD where, like, honey, come to bed. No, there's someone wrong on the internet. I must correct them. <laughs> well, I mean, there is, and you must. Yeah. There's always someone wrong. Trust me. Right. I, one, one of my, little known fact, one of my jobs is always being that wrong person. So there's a, you, you, you can't sleep at three in the morning. I'm there. I'm your hero. I'm the one who's wrong. Uh, Again, for for dumb stuff on the internet, there was a, a story about the um, na- guy from NASA who the Border Patrol wouldn't let him in until they until he surrendered his passwords to get at it. And there were a bunch of people that were saying that that's like a, a policy breach and information breach and and protected data could go out. And it's a thing that I've had to deal with before is protected data. And, and I know that, like, if I were to travel out of the country for business, I would have to have like uh, be given a clean laptop with clean installs and no way to access that stuff unless I went through like a two factor off thing and had the the like token that I would leave in my desk. That way, there's no way I can access this. And I had a bunch of people go like, oh, what's your source? (laughs) Well, it's kind of. Listen, my I, job it's a thing i deal with and it only makes sense from a you know data security standpoint that if you have something sensitive that you don't just like email oh hey here's the secret nuclear information don't don't let putin see this you're not going to send that in an email and it was like uh i know you didn't have a source jeez it's like wh- no, wh- where's logic where did logic go i don't i don't know well aaron emails i know they're not real either. Um, <laughs> moving on. Uh, well, thank Matt White nine two four again for for being uh, a Zoom user. We have one more listener question I've queued up from Rexidus. Uh, this is about IDW comics. It's going to be a little bit spoilery, but they are spoilers of things that happened just before Revolution started. So that's enough months ago that I think we're okay to talk about this. If you if you're that far behind and you don't want to know what happens, fast forward. Um, I'm sure someone can figure out when we stop talking about this. Uh, but he says, good morning, afternoon, or a determinate time of day to you fine folks of the Transforming Table. Brian, back again with another question or two for you. Now that his story seems fully done and in the past, I'm curious what the general opinion of the podcasters is of IDW Galvatron. Personally, I enjoyed him, but felt he wasn't done as well as I'd have liked. Um, there's also a, a question being here, but let's, let's talk about this first. IDW Galvatron definitely seems like his story is kind of done. Um... And I, I kind of agree with uh, with Rexodus. I, I really liked a lot of the, the the qualities of IDW Galvatron, and I think that his potential was never ever realized before or after Chaos. Like before Chaos, when he was this, you know, at, at times, you know, he seemed to have an agenda of his own that made some sense. At times, even a little well-meaning, uh, and he ended up getting used by uh, by Devoid. Um, that side of him, lots of potential, really wrecked by just the general delivery of chaos, I thought. And and, and I liked Barbarian Warlord Tank Galvatron, and I loved his, his discussions with RC, his conversations with her, you know, his whole thing of, like, 
Astro Train is oddly his left-hand man who's just always there. Uh, the way he was removed from the IDW stories of, of current, I thought was extremely jarring and just was, I don't, I don't know how to put this. I, unsuitable was the word I was going to use. I don't know if that's the word I would, I would stick with, but just something about it felt very rushed uh, and it, it felt like a very ignoble way to kind of just cut the character off. Um, my word was anticlimactic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I guess I, I, I'd totally be down for that. Like just his... Out of nowhere, he just kind of gets killed. <laughs> and, he and feel, he feels like an entire character who was set up just to give Optimus Prime a moment of oh, oh, he can be brutal. He, it, not only that, simultaneously, the Barbarian King version was set up to be an antagonist to Headmasters, and then he, he got killed off before Headmasters really got into the books and showed up and did stuff. And then they, they decapitate him, and it's like, oh, I see what they're going to do. And then you find out, oh, actually, that was just a coincidence. And it's like, I'm sitting there, just my hands hit the desk, and I'm oh. like, well, what what, <laughs> what were you doing then? What was the point? How did you come to the conclusion of putting his head on the White House lawn without it being relevant to Headmaster showing up? And what about the whole flashback where he's... He's really mad about headmasters and is like slaughtering them on mass billions of years ago. Where did all that? Go? You know, there are ways that it all connects together, but they are not—they're not loudly dynamic in the way that I really hoped they would. So I totally felt like he was um, under under potentialed, or I guess under under uh, utilized for his potential. I don't know. TJ, what about you? Like, you know, I, I kind of was bulldozing there, but uh, IW Galvatron, what's your take? And I was trying to refresh myself a little bit on the character as you were rambling. So, I, I don't mind. <laughs> no, I kind of feel the same way. It's I like the take on Galvatron where he doesn't just have to be this insane lunatic. Yeah. You know, and I like this, like, I like universes where characters like, you know, like, Galvatron and Megatron can coexist, and they are very different entities from each other. Oh yes, mm -hmm. I should have mentioned I, uh, I I adored and respected the fact that IDW made them separate characters entirely. Oh yeah, I wish they had a little bit more uh, a little bit more interaction and like face to face rather than you know Galvatron just ripped Megatron in half unceremoniously. Hey, it was just the one time in Dark Cybertron really that they ever met, mm -hmm. and it, and and it kind of. It didn't stink of it, but it had the faint aroma of a little bit of a, you know, play for heat from from people who were coming in on Dark Cybertron as their first comic book. Oh, yeah. I'm like, check it out. It's Galvatron and Megatron. And look, Galvatron's being a jerk to Megatron, huh? What do you remember the movie? This is different. Like, it's just, it's had this very small tone of kind of playing for attention, I, I found. Oh, yeah. Well, it's one of the things where it's like, hey, you know Megatron? You know Megatron? He ain't nothing compared to Galvatron. Yeah. Look at this. It's it's very pro wrestling logic where you put that villain over and then make someone else just put him down just to make someone else look bigger and badder. But then to like do this awesome new Galvatron design where he turns into a tank better than the toy that tried to do it. And that's not hard. Yeah, I I know. <laughs> But it was uh, that toy aside, it was still a really cool design. And, and then just in time for that design to get used even in the actual toy line in a way that 
there's precedent for like, I don't know. I'm getting on that rant all over again. Uh, I was very disappointed with the with the payoff on that ending for him. Like if, if all that it really was was to show that Optimus has like vestiges of prowl in his brain. It's like you already did plenty of that when he halfways annexed Earth as part of the Cybertronian Alliance. Like, you know, decapitating Galvatron was... And and then, like, I think they killed Astro Train as well, but I'm not oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> Galvatron, like, straight up, like, hurled... Uh, he, like, uh, Astro Train was... Uh, no, no, they were going down. Astro Train yeah. was disa- disabled, couldn't fly. So Galvatron literally chucked him at RC to get RC off his back. Yeah, and in, our, in our yeah. sliced him in half. Yeah, and it was like one of those slice in halves where it's like with Transformers, there's a certain level of specificity you need to get into with dismemberment. Like you got to really make it clear whether that was fatal or not. Right. And it, it was it, him being in alt mode certainly didn't help make that any clearer. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> made it far worse. I was like, what happened? I guess he's dead. <laughs> sure. Also kind of weird, he also has a toy coming up. This is not saying that, you know, the toys have to tie into the comics. Absolutely not. It just was super weird, the coincidence that two upcoming Voyager Decepticons, I guess, got killed in the comics just in time to see their toys come out. Uh, oh, and the poor thing that happened to Blitzwing. I mean, just he's, in time, he's... Just in time for him to come up again. He's not dead, though, right? Like, I never got the impression he was he, dead dead. He uh, might be better off. But he's not dead. That's the important. I don't care if he's, his life is living hell, as long as he's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> then you can. Then you have a perfect excuse for him to get all dissociative and get all animated and go like, "No, that happened to, to that happened to German Blitzwing. I'm I'm Arnold Blitzwing. My life is great." <laughs> oh no, life's getting bad. So, no, I'm Kooky Blitzwing. I'm the third one. My life's always wonderful. <laughs> I don't know. There's, there's, there's setup in there. Also, I want I want that to become a thing because people seem to get really angry when Blitzwings refer to the animated ones, you know, personality gimmick. I, and I think that's kind of funny. So you know, bring it back as much as you can. Um, Aaron, before we continue bulldozing, did you have any any thoughts on IDW Galvatron? Were you, were you keeping too close on his story when you're keeping up with the comics? Um, I'm having to go back through and reread a bunch of his. Uh his bio on the wiki and i know i've read all these things and have vague (laughs) recollections of them but it's another character that i think has been bounced around um to to be what the story needed of him oh before rid absolutely like and and like only at the very end did it kind of come together only to be written off so yeah yeah, like 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 Galvatron and Dark Cybertron was probably one of my least favorite parts of his story in IDW because it felt very much like that thing of that you know that Megatron always would go through where it's like the Galvatron in the really badly drawn one whose name I can't remember. I actually like that character take on him a lot. And then Chaos seemed to sort of start to undo that by the end. Then in Dark Cybertron he seemed like a totally different person and then he seemed like like an even different person when he was tank Galvatron and rid and then yeah like right he, he totally was was i don't think he was as much of a victim of it as megatron has been in past but yeah yeah totally um he, he's been a victim of plot uh for a lot of his career um 
I'll mention like, you know, I'm maybe this is telling too, I don't know, but I, I'm kinda going half cocked on my recollections of IDW Galvatron. I'm not looking up too much stuff. Um you know, a lot of his pre-rid activity is a, is a huge foggy haze in my head. So uh, if I'm getting some stuff wrong, I do apologize to everybody. Uh, the other question we got here from... That's a Trypticon picture. That's not the question. From uh, Rexodus is... It's never sat well with me that the entire Cybertronian race seems to only be two to four generations old. To that end, every time we learn of another predecessor to Optimus Prime, I giggle like a child for a moment. How does the podcast crew feel about the current list of Matrix bearers? And would you guys be interested in more being revealed? Um, if this is just in context of IDW, I kind of... I don't really want to see too many more because I think, like, the story of what the Matrix is before the current storylines is is just where I want it to be. That it's, like, it's a relic, it became a propaganda tool, and then it was kind of like, oh, wait, this thing actually does work. Uh, and then it was, you know, abused. Um, I don't I don't really think there's too much room to stick in other people in there. But, you know, if it's, if it's written well, I certainly don't mind. The, the whole thing about... about the race only being two to four generations old. Like, what do you guys think about that before I, I start? Um, I, I, I feel like it's kind of the issue of all of the stories that we've gotten so far have been told by this generation's transformers. Mm-hmm. So that's the story that they know. And that due to the civil war, maybe there haven't really been a new generation of transformers. Where it's like the whole, uh, what was it, George Lucas said that all of the Star Wars movies are told by R2. And so it's a thing that, like, there's been stuff that's gone on in the universe beforehand, but we've never had the storyteller from that time frame. Yeah. And and I think that um, there, there are a couple plot points in IDW that make it actually more interesting that there is this sort of fixed generation of characters that we always see and and you know whatever came before them is kind of a haze and there isn't that much that comes after them uh, like right. the, whole, the whole thing about memory creep because they can be centuries old right yeah and so it's like when you're when you're alive that long your memory is going to start to get real funny when you start going several thousand years back if not millions of years back right you know and eventually you, and defragging those files so many times they just get corrupted and lost or you're going to hear mm-hmm. someone else's account of it and you're going to just say like oh yeah that's what happened you know because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a lot of stuff to keep track of um yeah but you also have a you don't have the filing system in your brain that a transformer does oh totally but but i i think it totally makes sense that like once you start hitting millennia it's like yeah you know e- even even the most the most well-developed you know evolutionary robotic file system in a mechanical race it's like what no there's totally going to be some weird stuff once you have that level of longevity and then and and then you add in the whole part about you know constructed cold characters or you know mass-produced soldiers who went on to become characters as they lived longer and longer and it's like is there something you know maybe messed up in their heads because they weren't naturally born as opposed to you know um you know characters who were Right. And I think the whole Civil War thing, uh, you know, the Cybertronian Civil War kind of justifies the lack of of generational growth in Transformers because it's like they had this millions of years long Civil War where they started to mass produce population in order to have more combatants. And it's like the whole course of how the Cybertronian race in IDW has developed is completely broken now because they they 
they broke their own evolutionary cycle. They broke their own cycle of, of population growth. Uh, like everything busted. So it's like right. through the course of everything, they've lost track of all of these other colonies. Yeah. That they're just now coming back to. And that's where you are seeing the, the variations and, and, uh, evolution as it were, because you have the, you know, the speedia and you mm-hmm. have the animals type and you have all the different, you know, flavors of transformers that are coming back together, I think in a, in an interesting way in the comics. So, mm. You know, again, it's just because most of the time all we've seen is the Cybertronian Civil War story players. That's the story that we mm-hmm. get. Yeah. And we've even seen it in the fiction explained, whereas, the, you know, they go millions of years without actually changing their society because they're always wrapped up in either, you know, war or <clears throat> bureaucracy or whatever is happening at that time to cause conflict. And these are characters who live millions and millions of years. Yeah. So, you know, there's not as much room, like, compared to, like, human history where, uh, well, you did a good job if you make it to 80. You can't have as many generations when your race is almost immortal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and and the number of times IDW started to tackle some of those ideas and the ramifications they have is is why I'm so into that fact, you know, being a fact in that universe. Um you know, like there, there's a time where, where Ratchet mentions like that there's this really I can't remember this, the precise words, but, you know, this this very tempting idea that we're all immortal because we live for millions of years. And he's like, we're not like our bodies still degrade. It's just that it it, it takes millennia. So there is this extremely uh, wonderful idea that we're all actually immortal. And, it, it you know, maybe that messes up some parts of that society. Uh, and there's, there's even this underlying thing of like for a race where they are all shapeshifters, right? Like, the fact that they always fall into these weird cycles of civil war and bureaucracy and rarely ever moving forward and hardly mm-hmm. interacting with the ga- the galaxy around them. It's like, as a society and a species, they seem very change-averse. That's right. what that's what Thundercracker pointed out in the comics. It's one of the things that really makes me love his IDW character. Mm. That he actually recognizes that, well, we're soft and squishy here on Earth, but God, they change so many times, and mm-hmm. we never do. Yeah, you know, it's pointing out the irony of a t- of a of a race that is known to change shape, but never changes culture. And it, you know, it gets in the way of just having action stories of transforming robots. But like, you know, IDW comics are going in directions that I think are built for a comic book to go in where you 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 think about the kind of unspoken notions of this species and you think about it in a slightly more sci-fi way in in a sci-fi world building way and you you get these really cool ideas that I'm I'm so happy they're able to more readily delve into now and and touch upon like I th- this is the media that's the medium through which I want to learn more about uh the societal side of cyber of cybertronian life or you know, in 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 one of the comics, we're we're taking a look at this alternate universe where the functionist movement held power mm-hmm. this whole time, mm-hmm. and it's like, what a perfect example of the lack of wanting to change in this society. Where it's like, what if the most the most like binary totalitarian uh, government of Cybertron held power and just kept everyone on the same track for millions of years of like, you know, you are a this and you go here. You know, this very yeah. very. Uh, <clears throat> Oh, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, find a very compartmentalized society. Yeah, and you talk about like telling stories that like that doesn't lend itself to like an action comic or you know a boys franchise or whatever. 
right you mentioned that comic right now it's about ready to do something in its next issue that has absolutely nothing to do with battle no dream match between two transformer icons it's literally just going to reveal one detail about a character and yeah. i'm super excited for it well because that's like how many years building up to this detail right yeah so you know totally and i also will always say like like if you really want action transformers like depending on what kind of action you want like if you want just straight up they're gonna fight once an episode let me tell you all about the unicron trilogy which, which oh followed <laughs> some anime tropes that they should be right up your alley let me tell you oh yeah there's 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 lots you of like the, do you like the power ranger formula you, you want to see some guys get big you want to see some people punch into each other's fists do you want to see the same transformation the same giant robot transformation sequence every episode and let me tell you i, I also want to clear this up i think all that stuff's pretty darn cool at times like uh like the whole i was i saw there was a tf wiki page about burning justice <laughs> and, it, and it had this it had this underlying tone of snark to it and i was like listen there's one thing i'm not going to stand for and that's making fun of burning justice that's that's one of the tenements of some of the greatest stories well, of our of our generation well that's what cybertron was all about yeah i yeah. mean it's like all of a sudden like if you were losing a fight all of a sudden you caught flame and start screaming at people like, the only bummer is, like, the Unicron Trilogy has probably the most burning justice of all Transformers. It also, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say that. There's probably a whole ton if you start looking. If you look into the whole of Transformers, it's probably not the biggest. But it, ha it has one of the greatest concentrations of recent times. Oh, yeah. And uh, and the, the only bummer is it also does it in some of the most boring and, and, and you know, weak noodle kind of ways you can of, like, this guy's going to go, Hurrah! and he's going to catch fire. And it's like, dog, look. Let me tell you about some Gaugaigar, all right? Let me tell you about some Getter Robo, all right? You want to see some some burning justice that is actually setting the universe on fire? Let's talk. Let's talk about some real burning justice, and let's bring that to Transformers. God damn it! Uh, anyway, this, you know, perfect example of. Oh, actually, for a second, I thought we were still answering the Galvatron question. I was going to say, like, perfect example of the disappointing nature of IDW Galvatron is we're not even talking about him anymore. But uh, <laughs> that's because we're actually on a different question. <laughs> Um, it's so forgettable, we don't even realize we're done talking about him. Yep. There's a, there's one more question from Rexodus. He calls it a bonus question. Uh, he says, in my head, I've had the idea for a story set in midi in a, in a medieval Cybertron, an era before their race even invented blasters. Uh, so not the G1 Quintesson constructs from their race's birth. Uh, so they would turn into Leonardo da Vinci style vehicles. Weapons of war would be ballistas and catapults and trebuchets, perhaps even a trebuchet. He didn't write that. I added that in. Uh, what does the table think of this concept? Insert customary and well-deserved compliments here and perhaps some vague allusion to Energon characters that may or may not be ruined forever. John Nay. What's weird is I forgot he wrote about Energon characters and we just spent a little bit of time talking Unicron trilogy. So what, what happened there? Uh, so what do you guys think about the idea of some Transformers turning into, in, into ballistas, catapults, and trebuchets? What about even trebuchets? Aaron? I think that having them run some sort of parallel to human development in the mid in the uh medieval time frame is a bit odd it'd be hilarious though <laughs> <clears throat> it, it, it definitely would be silly uh for like an old g1 episode but remember would, ancient cybertronians <laughs> they I turn mean, into catapults <clears throat> i would see them almost more not even being transforming 
Oh, it's just, like ju- built into them, sort of. of? Just, well, no, I'm saying that they would all just be robots that would maybe have some sort of part of them that changes before all of them changing. Oh, okay. okay. I was thinking like it'd be okay. kind of kind of cool if there was a robot where he just had like a catapult built through his torso, and then like you know the bar that the the launching arm hits is like, like the back of his head. Two other guys have to winch him up to get it going. No, they, yeah, but the winch is just his arms. They just take his arms and crank them around on the shoulder joint. I kind of want to see this now. I like this idea. Uh, TJ, what about you? What do you think about some old-timey weapon transformers? I'm laughing too much at the idea of Megatron transforming into a bow. Right? <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. He'd be a crossbow, let's be fair. Like He's not a savage. Speaking of burning justice, you know what's super cool? Robots armed with bow and arrows. <laughs> all right, great Goldran. Look him up. Look up his attack. Great archery. All right, that's, or golden archery. That's a. Mm-hmm. It was one of the go, two. Go look. Go look up some animated Rodimus. Yeah, yeah, it's in Transformers already. That mm-hmm. dude had a bow. He was cool. You know what this concept makes me want? It makes me want Metroplex as a castle. Go. Oh, you know what? That. So this is this is related. There's this Lego line called Nexo Knights, right? I knew it. I knew and, the, it. and they've got they've got the Fortrex, right? Their big techno castle on treads. The one thing that really disappointed me was that its base mode kind of BSs things in the way that you know a Lego playset does, where it's kind of just one side of a castle. Right. And I was kind of like, no, how cool would it be if the castle actually just transformed into a tank? Like I don't know how you do it in Lego, obviously, but the concept like hit me in a certain way. Where I got all salty all of a sudden. And I was like, no, I'm not buying any Nexo Knights now. Because the Fortrex should have been Metroplex. But uh, no, I, man. Yeah, just a big stone castle turning into a robot. That'd be the best. Uh, So yeah, I think, I think Rexodus, we are super into this idea. <laughs> uh, any fan artists out there want to just get, get concept and effing do it, dog? Uh... Anyway, that's our listener question section for this episode. Um, let's do some what we got this week. Uh, Aaron, you didn't get anything this week. Nope. Got a head cold. Well, you got a head cold, and that transformed yeah. into the aftermath of a head cold. <laughs> yeah, that I'm I'm feeling now. So I feel good that as far as this afternoon goes, it's only been after about uh, 10 hours of being up and moving around and doing stuff, and I'm starting to feel it, so... Let's wrap this thing up so I can take a good old dose of NyQuil and pass out. Would you say the stuff coming out of your face and your throat is more like little Kremzeeks or more like little cosmic rusts? Ah, uh, more Kremzeeky. Yeah. And, it, and it's been the fun thing of like dry in one half of my sinuses and dripping in the other Ugh. half. Oh God, I hate that because you can't blow the other side. Right, right. It, it You blow one side and it's all like, okay, that felt productive. And then the other side is just a dry whistle. You're like no, but it it feels like it's got to, like it's got to be in there too. I don't know. And you're like the more you blow the wet side, the more the the dry side just starts to tear apart inside. Yep. yep. I feel like if I, anything comes out of that dry side, then it's just going to be blood. It's going to be cosmic rust, is what it's going to be. Yeah. Keeping it on topic. Um, I did not get any transformers this week. Uh, but I did get a paint marker at Walmart that I've been looking for to paint the to paint purple the Shapeways helmets I got for uh, Titans Return Galvatron. Um, it's the it's the paint marker everyone's been talking about getting. Uh, the purple it's not it's not a perfect match for the purple plastic on Galvatron, but it is 
just ever so slightly redder, so it's a little bit more raisin. But it's really close, and I think I'm I think I'm cool with it. Uh, if I really want to mix up the right color, now I've at least got this solid base coat of of raisin purple. Uh, but it's neat. Like these helmets are a little bit big, but they darn they look cool. Um, but yeah, I, I was hoping to find uh, Trigger Happy today, but I didn't. I was hoping to find Broadside or Voyager Megatron or Optimus today, but I didn't. Dufferin Mall was a wasteland today. Uh, I did see the Crash Combiners, and as much as I think. Like, I really want to stand up for those toys because they're very simple, but they, they look fun. They're, they are. I almost want to say those are overpriced toys. Because when I saw them in the States, they were like 15, 16 bucks. And they're like 20 bucks Canadian here. And I understand there are two little figures crash combining, but for what they do, that just seems a, a touch high. For the, I don't know. Does either of you guys actually pick up the crash combiners? Like, I no, remember. I've had I, them in hand a couple times and have passed on them. Uh huh. I, I yeah, I've literally I picked them up, eyed them, and went. No, like they're expensive, right? Yeah, it seems just a little bit too salty. I I think there's part of me that looks at like the chi- like the the Chinese magnet combiners that I got and goes, this is just like those, but like ten times worse, and it's still nearly twenty bucks. Yeah, like I feel like I've already, I feel like I've been to the mountaintop, and you're, and this is asking me to <laughs> climb a hill. I've been to the mountaintop. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I, I, if I see the two jets, and they're on, like, if those things go down to like ten bucks, there's a good chance I'll just have a, a stupid day and pick yeah, them up. At, at ten bucks, I'd probably pick one up. I just really like when I saw the Canadian price, like I, I kind of had ignored it in America because I, I was looking for Voltrons and that was about it. But like it just really set in today. I was like, God, these things are expensive for what they do. They they don't feel worth that at all. Um, like I know that there's engineering in them and everything, but just there, everything about the bang for the buck on them. It's just, it feels like I'm spending that much, but for fancier bot shots. Uh, anyway, that's that's my long winded way of saying I didn't get anything new this week. Um so tj did you get any uh transformers this week <laughs> so you know those cyber battalion figures that i mentioned before yeah uh i've got the wave oh you actually got them too so here's what happened <laughs> bbts for some random reason got in like two of those plus the big bumblebee oh really yeah just out, like out of nowhere like during i assume during one of their like uh I assume during a warehouse cleanup or something. Okay. Yeah, so uh, I didn't get those, but it made me curious if there was any place that's still around that would actually have them for, for like, less than, like, a super markup because they're so freaking rare to get now. Uh, and, yeah, I, I did. I, d- I dug up a little shop that had most of them for, can I think, just over 20 each. Okay, that seems like the price they cost, if I remember right. Well, they usually run about twenty five. Okay. So if I can pay twenty two a pop, I'm not I'm not too disappointed. Like I was curious enough about them. So, the interesting thing about them is, yes, they are for the most part they are upscaled legends and legion class toys, but they do so much of their own stuff in the sculpting department that they do merit their own toy and. Of course, like, every bit of the budget went into making them big. Yeah. 
like right down to the boxes having no windows or plastic inserts. It's just cardboard. Also, they get just you know, so there's just as few processes to putting the packaging together as possible. Uh, that said, like they have a hollow feel. They are very light toys, but they also feel like they are meant to be played with by a six year old. Although like, I, I remember seeing a lot of coverage saying, like, and I, and I felt it, it seemed just looking at pictures on par that the the Megatron is like about a half step away from just be totally being a solid big Megatron toy. Oh yeah, like Megatron, I think is the standout just appearance wise because he is vaguely based on the Universe Two Legends. Yeah, like the little tiny uh, G two style. But that tank transformation is so generic and used that I figure he gets away with it a lot more. And yeah, he's got some really good, like, for for, for what he is, he's got better articulation than most of them. Mm. The, the weird one is the Grimlock. Because I don't know why they went with Age of Extinction colors on him. I think that line was developed and released around Age of Extinction. Oh yeah, well it was a 2005, 2015 release. Yeah. So, yeah, it was around that time was like, no, it must be the mandate is T-Rexes must be bronze. But all of his like all the others are so heavily G1 and like they lean so hard into G1 and then there's just him in movie colors and his detailing, his sculpt and mold is just as G1 as the rest of them. That happened with the Creo battle changers, I, I want to say, um, you know, the transforming Creo builds. Mm-hmm. Um, the first wave of those was, you know, Optimus, Bumblebee, Grimlock, Starscream, and Grimlock was, I, if I recall correctly, I think he was in Age of Extinction colors, despite having a very G1 theme to his, you know, design. Yeah. This Here's the other strange thing. He's not based on an existing toy. Like, out of all of them, even the big ones are based on uh, Legion and Legends class Transformers. Even that big, uh, you know, dopey-looking Optimus is based on the little tiny... Uh, uh, R.I.D. Optimus Legion Glass. Yeah, well, one of one but, of my favorite little little Legion toys in a yeah. long time. But the Grimlock is completely new. Just out of nowhere in this line, they decided to make a whole new Grimlock, and it works really, really well. And his articulation is really, really good, better than Megatron's. Man, if he was in G one colors, do you think he would just work well in a in a Neo Classics display? honestly he would he would have that look to the point where i'm genuinely considering just buying another one just so i can try that out but he's all of the construction on these things is done with pins so i'm in need of a center punch to do that oh yeah you can't just pop them apart (laughs) yeah i was hoping it was all just ball joints and mushroom pegs no there's actual metal hmm like this, it's it's a strange sensation because you know I, I'm very familiar with the engineering based on all the little ones that I've played with, but they do so, they do things a little bit differently, you know. Like the Prime's got is basically the Universe Two Prime, little tiny one, Super G One, but they fix the proportions on him, so he's not like he doesn't have that slight bow legged look. His arms don't go like so wide and long. He's like spot on proportions for a g1 optimus like scary how close they got like you have to go to like a masterpiece to get closer man you know and there's things like the star scream that's based on the uh the legends the one that came with the little waspinator 
So if you like that transformation, here's a really big version of it. And then there's that stupid Bumblebee. Oh, you know, he's Bumblebee. <laughs> no, the, no, like, I, it's, it's hard to defend. The Bumblebee is, yeah. I don't know why he still, he still comes out pretty terrible. But they all make for these really interesting toys. And I feel like in their own way, all of them are talkable in some point. Because they are obviously meant for little kids, but I could so see it working as like a novelty for collectors or even for like a casual fan who just, I just want an Optimus Prime, but I don't want to break the bank. Yeah. Well, here's this, here's this one that looks beautiful and it still transforms. Yeah. He looks like, he looks like G1. He's big. Um, I'm certain that's why these things are selling at the Universal Studios ride. Oh, that's yeah. It's the perfect audience. It's like you come off the ride and you go like, man, I remember Transformers and I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, those those are like like I said before, like those are toys. If I can just happen across one for a good price, I'd probably pick one up. Yeah, it's just the part where I have to order them online, where I'm, I'm just like, well, now that I'm thinking about it this much, there's all this other stuff I'd rather get first. Yeah, it's weird because they are the size of like the Voyagers we're getting now. Like they are large Voyagers in size. It's. And that's probably about the price range you're going to find them at if you get them online. Yeah. And it's strange because you do have to account for the fact that these were supposed to be like 15 bucks a pop. Like. Well, it's 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 a there's also there's like this little thought experiment to it. It's like I have to take all of this with a little grain of salt because it was supposed to be like really cheap to get a hold of these. Well, if they're selling at Universal Studios like that store had a markup. When when I was oh, there a couple oh, years yeah, ago, yeah, they are they are uh, they are not fifteen there. So yeah, that's that's probably contributing at least a little bit. Like like well, when I cite fifteen, that's what they were. That's what Hasbro listed them on their website. Mm-hmm. Like on the, the for the brief time they thought of releasing these in the U.S. Uh, Universal, I want to say they're twenty five or more. Man. I can't remember. It's been a while, but it's like I'm pretty certain it's all just leftover stock. Yeah, that's just that's just a bummer of a price, which is completely explainable by the location. Yeah. All right. Um, cool. I'm always I'm happy that we actually got to talk about those on this podcast eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got the big bumblebee on order, so we'll go back to them at some point. <laughs> they got you. There's just a novel. I like the novelty of this gigantic robot that just turns into a car. Because big, the big robots always turn into big semi trucks or giant like fortresses of guns. I, I, I just wanted the, I wanted the stupid car. He's a giant car for all for all my little robots to hang on to. <laughs> uh, cool. Um, that about does it for our on topic what we got. So let's uh, anything any any off topic stuff that's really that's really uh, on your guys' mind. Aaron, aside from your illness, did you get anything off topic lately? Um, just getting excited for mid March when a uh, backer thing for the uh, BattleTech game is happening. Ah, it's mid there starting a beta in like three weeks, four weeks. I'm getting itchy for it because it's going to be the the same week as um, what is it? Uh, Iron Fist drops, and then I think also Mass Effect Andromeda. That that may be another week where I get a head cold. Wink. <laughs> Mass Effect Andromeda, I keep forgetting it's that close. Yeah. It feels weird. 
I don't no, mind the Switch it. is in like what two weeks? Oh God, you're right. Yeah, I did March not get 3rd. a pre-order in, and I'm more than happy to let people attack that thing, break it apart, and determine like, is this a thing I really need to get right now, or can I hold off for three months? I just heard it actually makes the noises I wanted to make, so I'm someday. I'm annoyed. I've got it. All. I have a pre-order on it. I think and I could have, and I had a moment's doubt, and I'm kind of happy I did. And I've got a road trip this weekend, so I'm like, God, the timing worked better. I could have like I could have really taken this out for a, for a test drive. Literally, if it, if it truly was a handheld. Yeah. Um, just see, just see how like practical it was. As like, I can take a console anywhere. I really, yeah, want, I really want to know like what kind of games get developed for that thing that take advantage of the idea of carrying it around. Or if that even happens. Uh, we like know I, we're getting... Well, we're getting like a Street Fighter game where you can just... Here, you, you take this controller, I take this controller, we just fight right here, right now. I mean, that's that's going to be, you know, like year one stuff. But I'm wondering, like, by year, you know, two and a half, is, right. is the handheld thing going to still be a thing? Or is that going to have just been quietly Everyone will forget. Oh, yeah, you can't. you can take that out of the dock thing. Yeah, not just to dust it. Okay, yeah. I feel I feel like one of its potential futures is the one where it goes from being a handheld console to primarily just being a console that mm-hmm. you happen to be able to carry around. Um, well, you know, we'll see. We'll see by 2020. Uh, I'm on my own end off topic. I didn't get anything crazy. Just looking around to see if I forgot anything, but I don't think I did. Nope. Uh, aside from my paint marker, um, I got I got a new monitor. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, it's big and bright, and I'm trying to calibrate it, and realizing realizing I don't know how to calibrate monitors. But uh, that'll be that'll be useful for several things. Uh, I also got that new humble bundle that came out. Oh yeah, the one with everything in it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, no, I like I like most of these causes, and I don't have most of these games, and I'm sure I'll want to play them someday. It's like it's like that was like the new version of a Steam sale for me. You know, rather than seeing them on sale on, on during a Steam sale and buying all these things I'm never gonna buy or, or never gonna play, I mean, just get the humble <laughs> bundle. So it's like, well, since I have to it's a lot of work to input all these Steam keys. I'll get I'll get back to this later. You know, years will pass. But so, someday I might turn on Subnautica, who knows? Uh but yeah, nothing nothing really off topic on my end other than that. Um DJ, anything off topic on your end? Uh, no. Because uh, the fun part about a Nintendo Switch is that's pretty much where my off-topic budget went for a while. Yep. Uh, quick, quick, quick little off-topic tangent. Just, just it doesn't have to be too deep. Just a yes or no. Did you, did you at, at all, or did you, did you, did you, or did you get tempted at all to pre-order or any of that Qreno stuff? The new Super Sentai robot. I want it all. I seriously want all of it. All right, so they got you. I, they, they really got you. I love the aesthetic. I love the look. I love that it's like old school style combining instead of like, well, you got to break it down to 20 parts and put it back together. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah, I love my transforming weapons, and they've got a weapon that turns into nine of them. So like, yeah, I'm on board. I'm and, on board. And two, two, and two I, of the mecha are actual posable robot toys. Yeah. Uh-huh. I so can't afford you right now, though. Yeah. I hope you're around later. I pre-ordered. 
I pre-ordered the four auxiliaries and the one main robot package. Pre-ordered them. Two hours later, canceled the pre-order as I sat there and went like, no, there's all this other stuff that I'm way more interested in. <laughs> but th for, it, this looks really good, but it's just I don't have any room for this in my life. For me, there's also this there's this sort of Damocles over my head that is all the masterpiece re-releases that, that's happening. Yeah, and it's like... Mm -hmm. Aside from Megatron coming out, which is a $200 hit, I don't have uh, that version of Starscream, so I'm getting that reissue as well. Yeah, and it's They're coming like, out at the same time. Oh, oh, this stuff all looks really cool, and I love the way the gimmick works, but then it's like, I kind of have to pause and go, like, the main core body is a torso that flies around with a head <laughs> deployed or not, and the shoulders go up and down. It's a Sentai-ass Sentai robot Megazord articulation scheme, and after that long conversation about legacy toys, I'm like, yeah, I love a lot about this, but it doesn't hit enough bang for my buck points, and it's probably heavy. So the shipping will make me sad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I love the idea of, like, Sentai so often does, it's the vehicle, but it has a few animal parts to it. You yeah. know, they do that for cars, and they do that for planes, and guess what? Spaceships. Yeah. Well, so I, spaceships with a chameleon head. The, the, <sighs> the designs are, I like those designs a lot. And then, like, when I saw that, like, the, the you know, the, the Libra guy and the, the snake guy, they have, like, alternate modes as well. Mm -hmm. Not like amazing, but that the snake guy kind of just turns into a giant flying snake head. Uh, there's so much about that. Like, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that if some if some of the rumors I heard about this kind of being a last ditch attempt for Super Sentai to really get a hit going, you know, between the aesthetic, all the toys, the the involvement from Bandai of America. I'm, I'm wondering if there's like just the smallest hint of a chance if this show really takes off, if they might do something at least like a Super Sentai artisan version of some of those toys. Um, did you see the next one that's coming out? The the giant dragon train I, thing. Yeah, that thing looks so web diver. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's, and so do you know what else I pre-ordered before I canceled it all? All the robots, right? And then they're mm -hmm. like, oh, and here's the Q Thomas set where these are the ones that are actual cockpits with little pilots that you can replace the other ones with. Mm. And I'm like, you, you, just, you all shut up. <laughs> you just shut up right now and get out. Uh, the, the light up gimmick when you combine the thing not only looks cool, but I'm like, how's that? Because, you know, they, there's photos out there of like the eight robot combiner for like, you know, first major season event. And it's like, how is the light gimmick going to evolve with these toys? Because clearly it's a guy saying Q Reno and then a big kaboom. And I'm like, I wonder if like all the combined robot names are going to be based on like a bunch of prefix words that the new toy will say. And then it'll then activate the button on the old one who will then go Q Reno. Like if they're going to oh, time right. all that stuff. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to at least like have a ton of fun watching all this come out. But uh, yeah, I, I got so close. I was like. I was like, yeah, perfect. Feb February restocks. This is excellent. And then I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> I the, Here are all the other things I was already thinking about doing in February. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I, I've got issues when I'm thinking of canceling the Switch just to buy a bunch of plastic robots. Yeah. On I, top of all the other plastic robots I'm buying. That, that Q Reno, I think, is a super cool... The, the, everything design-wise about that show... I haven't watched the first episode, because that, that aired this weekend. But everything design-wise about Q Ranger is, is really just rubbing me all the right way up the back of my neck. Mm -hmm. I, I dig it. Uh, Miniplaw is coming out as well. I might... If I can... All the pre-orders, of course, sold out because it's Miniplaw. But it made me nostalgic, Aaron, for our, our old days. 
of uh, hey if if you get a box i'll split it with you if i can if i could find a link that's not too expensive i think i might mini plot the q reno stuff because the mini plot photos of like q reno when that toy is also posable Mm -hmm. that design looks good when it's posing i like building that that the the uh uh, mini plot stuff it just was one of the many things that fell away and then you quit buying whole cases of them to give me the good deal on the other half yeah, like that, I was going to say, I was going to say it didn't fall away so much as I stopped having an inexpensive option <laughs> ready to go. Yeah. Um, but that all aside, that is our episode for this week. Thank you for listening. Uh, next episode, depending when we record it, might have some Toy Fair talk. I'm not. I think I'll talk to Seth. We'll figure out what works the best for us. But we'll, we'll probably try to orient it so we can talk some Toy Fair next episode if, if possible. Um, and then, of course, the next uh, episode with you two guys is going to be all up in that Toy Fair as well. So uh, we're, we're hitting it. It's, all, it's, it's Toy Fair time. Uh, thank you, Aaron and TJ, for joining me here. Thank you all for listening. Uh, this has been WTF at TFW. And, uh, and these, I'm, I'm putting Shapeways hats on my Galvatrons. What's your Monday night like? Right? It means, but you got some badass perpetrators and they're here to stay.